Today's chat is brought to you by the support of our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribed, Subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 137 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on July 20th over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the Bray family. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 We also have the man who it has been said has the voice of a flower, an individual who goes by many different names, Justin Sane 0516. Justin, what guys do you have on for us tonight? Uh, that is that of the hot dog pariah. You cannot silence the signal. For more information about this <laughs> reference, please <laughs> listen to the top three episodes about sandwiches and the one we recorded this evening. Top yeah. three. I managed to tie two beverages. weeks together. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. That. Yeah. And yeah. derail it's... both of them. Yes. Um, next up. And nearly we... derail this one. <laughs> so, yeah. Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eye Music Lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? It's been good. We're back from Guardian Con, and I know we're going to talk about that a tiny bit later, but yeah, I am I did not get Con flu, which is amazing. Did any did anyone did anyone get that? Did we all survive unscathed from it? I uh, had a little bit of a conflux. Well, you also had a little bit more of a late night evening <laughs> than the rest of us did that night. I'm just glad that he had some time to get some sleep. You know. Even though it was an hour. <laughs> and didn't wake up. <laughs> no. Pins might have picked me up and dressed me. Yes, Pins, <laughs> Pins is a hero. He's a real life hero. <laughs> because Green was not about to pick him up and dress him. Oh, man. So rounding out the usual team, we have the grizzly bearded cultivator of Spinfoil himself, someone who has been lovingly labeled the Tigger of Destiny lore, the one and only Beard Grizzly. The Tigger? Beard, Beard, how are you doing? Hey, you know what? I kept it. I'm going to keep it consistent for a couple weeks, and then I'll I'll start introducing the other great tidbits that I've been able to collect. Are his tops made out of rubber? 
Yes. Though you know, apparently right now he's kind of in a more of an Eeyore-ish mood. I mean Look, I can't help that. You already know what I went through today, so <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But we Trying love my you. best here with what I've got, all right? Like come on, <laughs> give me a little credit here. Now I wish someone needs to make a meme of beard green beard with the little Eeyore shack. Oh no. <laughs> Beard's house of lore. Um <laughs> House of a Thousand Stories. It's gonna be the, the House of a Thousand wow. Pains if Blue keeps the frick up. <laughs> so finally, once again in the hot seat, as the guest co-host, we have our dear friend Purple Chimera. Purple, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? She's scared now that she knows what she has to deal with with me being here. <laughs> Uh, she no, met you in person. No. You're fine. Oh, I, twice you're, now, and you had a beard this time. I did. Ooh, Last there, time you didn't. You're bouncy, trouncy, bouncy, trouncy, fun, 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 fun. Oh, God, he looked it up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the wonderful thing about Tiggers is. But I'm the only He's one. the only one. <laughs> <laughs> My mother may have been or is still a fan of Winnie the Pooh, so I have that very well memorized. I will just let you know, we I was watching Winnie the Pooh with my children earlier this afternoon. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's a class. It's going to carry on. It's just, it's just going to carry on. That's all it is. Also, side note, Disney reference. Yes. <laughs> yes. Before we even get into it. We, um, yeah, it's just the intro. And we already have the Disney reference. Look at that. Well, and speaking of getting into it, uh, last week we asked the community what their favorite part of Guardian Con 2018 was, and Green, I'm pretty sure we got a, a good amount of responses, you know, not just yeah. including our own. Yeah, a lot of people were just real, the overarching thing was like a lot of people were happy with the new venue, which mm-hmm. was a huge improvement in my opinion as well. Um they're still like working out kinks as far as like the organization of it. And I get that it's still a fairly developing con, but yeah, people were excited to meet us. Um, Grundy was really excited to meet Justin. I think I saw that a couple of different times um, mentioned like maybe three or four times at this point. So you were, he's a fan. He's definitely I'm, a fan, Justin. I'm a fan of his. Yeah. I was, I was just as excited to meet him. So yeah. Yeah, but I kind of wanted to throw that to us because I know a lot of people were excited about the venue and seeing um, their different favorite content creators. But I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were too, what you thought was your like favorite moment of the con. Because I know we got to see a slightly different perspective compared to some people. Mm-hmm. I'd let, I, I want Purple, you know, as guest, let's let, let's let her go first. Sure. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I, I loved hanging out with you guys. It was really Aww. fun in person, which was really exciting. But honestly, I just love meeting all the people and being able to put faces to, you know, usernames and, and gamer tags and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's really nice to be able to chat with people and to be able to recognize people because I'm I'm really super an awkward person with strangers. No. So it's really <laughs> it's really great to be able to like 
think that I'm meeting somebody new, but then it turns out that it's actually someone I'm really good friends with and I've just never met them in person before. And so that's a really wonderful feeling. Yeah. It's nice to put gamer tags with faces. Mm-hmm. Yes. Blue, what about you? <clears throat> I'm, I'm still moment? honestly in shock that we apparently made the cut as some people's favorite content creators. Um, right. I I won't lie. I I probably will never get used to that idea that you know that's that's a thing. Um, and that's not like it was really not... bizarre to. Oh, go it for was it, really for bizarre it. to sign out. It was really yeah. bizarre to sign autographs I, for like an over an hour. Right. Yeah. That was, that was one of the things. I mean, and, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's definitely like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's it, humbling. It, yeah. It, it's that it, it definitely is. And it's also just kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think of us as that. I don't, I don't like for, for us, for, for our side, you know, it's, we're just getting together to have a conversation and, you know, we, we include as much as we can with you guys, uh, the community, like the community, obviously, uh, we don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think of us as like anything super, we I, don't I, make money off elite, of what we're doing elite or anything like, yeah, I don't, I don't really, but so, yeah, I mean like, it's just, it's really humbling. It's really, you know, it brings together the idea that, and and the biggest thing for me was meeting people who who might not have known who we were and then you know explaining to them what we do and then how how they they respond to our community as as a whole like how how in, uh inviting and how inclusive our our group has been to people we we had a large number of people jump into the discord this past week and just seeing how welcome everyone is making all the new faces you know bringing them together explaining stuff that you know a lot i know i've been in other communities where differing opinions is uh looked down upon and belittled um and that's one of the big things that i really really (laughs) don't like in uh pretty much any community um and so watching our community kind of rise above that and and be be better, you know, is, has always just, it's just blown me away. And that's my favorite part of, you know, introducing new people to our, to our family. Um, so yeah. Beard, what about your favorite moment? Just the fact that we're, you know, able to collect ourselves again, come together, so on, and just notice like how big and how creative this community can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, like realistically we we see it on a like a a typical uh on like a typical basis with like twitter and everything but even then we only see like a microcosm of what that community uh relation really is right uh, and then suddenly we end up picking into um we end up picking into like finding out like different uh different players or people that we that we haven't even met before or they've never really like come up through our algorithms because you know machine learning is a piece of garbage um and that's the the biggest thing that i've that i'm always like i'm i'm thankful for that we have these these groupings and gatherings because i get to meet people that i that i otherwise probably would never be able to meet uh and as usual it's very different to meet them in person versus being able to just talk with them over 
a uh, over a, a piece of social media. So for me, that's the uh, between this year and last year uh, has been the most exciting thing for me because uh, it allowed me to, of course, meet up with you guys, and that had been uh, has obviously been like one of the better things that has happened to me over the course of the last uh, over the last year. Uh, and, and I and I kind of hope that that is what happens with uh, with many others that are able to go to uh, community style events like this, and why I hope that the community event is is more the focal point as uh, time goes by, uh, mm-hmm. as it should be. Like that's what uh, that's what we're all going for is to kind of meet up with each other, uh, and, and it isn't just you know meeting up and seeing. Just Bife, it's it's being able to sit and eat, uh, to be able to catch up with you guys. It's being able to uh, catch up and finally meet uh, Gamma Trap in person. That, that was the first time I've ever been able to do that with him. Uh, to be able to meet up with the DCP guys again, where, you know, I I would like to think I'm in a different position now within the community than I was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a it's a humbling experience when you walk around and start to talk to people, and they know you by like who you are. All of a sudden, it's very different. It's a very different experience. Uh, and that's even the case with like some of the people that I that I saw even like last year as well. Like I I got to to meet up with a couple people that I was able to chat with last year, and I won't name any names in case they don't like to be called out. But it was. Uh, it was fantastic just to see, you know, fans and be able to like talk with them as well. So, for me, like overall, if I, I just want to put a ribbon on all of this, just uh, just the idea of community has been the most important thing for me. Uh, and I'm I was just so thrilled to be able to see how how talented this community is, how together this community can become, uh, how how still the the gambit line was like the largest thing that was over at the con. Uh, it it still shows like destiny itself is very strong and the the appeal for it is still there, uh, and it still influences a lot of people day in and day out whether others will want to admit to that or not. So, yeah, just just great to see what this community is is made of and able to do because it continues to surprise me each and every day. Mm-hmm. I'm a little afraid to ask Justin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I can I just before I say anything about my favorite moments of of Guardian Con or anything like that can I just tell everybody just something I learned and that is Beard Grizzly is a big old softy he's a yes. super sweet big old softy and I always kind of wondered you know when he groans and he and he hits his and he hits his desk and he's is he really thinking Justin you're an idiot why are you talking? Yeah, he might be thinking those things, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you something I learned. I, I'll tell you something I learned. I sat, I sat across from him at dinner after the second day of Guardian, and I would make... He learned stupid, not to lie yeah. to his waitress. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But All right, I'm just I making learned, sure this one doesn't go under the bus. All right, I, we gotta... I learned that Beard Grizzly... Whenever I say something stupid, has two main reactions. The first one is to grimace and make an audible noise. The second one, which I did not expect, is he smiles. Mm-hmm. And now, I, I just hope you know this. Anytime I say something stupid on the podcast, you're going to make some remonstration and, and make me think that you hated it, but I'm going to picture you smiling. So you did that, not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, just like 
getting to see and also meet green for the first time. Yeah. I mean, blues old news. I mean, but, um, we, uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Your family. Um, don't, don't lie. Haven't we learned about uh, this? Yeah. Like (laughs) getting, getting to kind of meet all the people you spend so much screen time with, um, is, is really awesome because it's, there's, there's nothing quite as, um, quite as unique as seeing someone in real life for the first time that you're so comfortable with, but you've only spoken to them over various VoIP applications and a video game and and other things. It's so crazy when you just kind of meet that person and just jump into the pocket of that relationship that's been there the whole time. And it's just an in-person interaction now. Like Mm -hmm. when I met green, there was no, there was no like a, Oh my God, I've never seen you before. It was like, Oh my God, I've never seen you before. Yeah. But, um, I may like, have almost gotten tackled. It's yeah, it's, it's just fine. a little bit. But um yeah, like that's that's definitely a highlight for me. Um I think probably, probably the highlight of the entire um of the entire convention for me, and I won't go on because I could probably make it a two hour show just out of this but uh just like saying all my favorite moments but um uh was when uh, a listener of ours um and don't worry beard we'll get to the waitress story in post show um but when a listener of ours was very tentatively standing around the of the fringes of the crowd and oh my and god I was, yes i was kind of thinking like he was wanting to see guardian radio and and, and see turk and k-dub and, and I was like, I was, I always try to jump out of everyone's way so that I'm not getting between these people like get real emotional when they like go see Bife and, and I don't want to be in the way of somebody like get on in there. And so I was trying to get out of this dude's way. But every time I jumped out of his way, he he would like, he, it was like a game of cat and mouse, like back and forth. And then, and then I realized he was trying to get to me. And then he walks up to me with two hot dogs in his hand and said, <laughs> Justin, I said yes, and he's like, "I bought you a sandwich." <laughs> so, and, oh my god, I had already said hi to him, and he, I saw him. I was like, "Okay," I was thinking the same thing. I turn around, and Justin has the sandwich in his hand. I'm like, "Oh not my a sandwich. god, not a sandwich!" This is amazing. I have to get. I have a photo of it. Uh, of Justin it, eating a sandwich that was, was given to highlight. him. It was the highlight. Oh my god, it was Only- so good. It, I'm the only person I know who will have to eat his argument. Um, <laughs> like, if, if, I, I I don't know, but but uh, the the individual's name I don't know if he called out or not, but I'm just gonna go. Um, is doomed for zombies. He's actually in chat, and it oh, was great. that was the, that was the highlight of my that was the highlight of of my Guardian Con experience. Oh just, my god, just being. Like, not only do you listen to the podcast, but you caught that random argument, you know, uh, <laughs> that happened in pre-show the week before. And it, it was just awesome. No worries. No worries, Doom. But uh, that was freaking awesome. So, anyways, thanks for the sandwich, Doom. Oh, yes. Yes, and I have it on and, tape. And I'll get to the waitress in post-show. Yes, that is also a good story. Uh, my favorite moment of Guardian Con happens to be just a random small moment that is actually memorialized on videotape forever and it we kind of sort of touched on it a tiny bit in between the two shows and it was when baxter 
We were exhausted on day two. We're sitting in the VIP lounge, just relaxing. Blue had already passed out, and I've already trolled him with a photo on it. And Baxter comes over, him and Purple sit down, and Baxter starts singing. And I'm just like, and we all just, I mean, we kind of join in, and we're all just sitting here really tired. And it's just randomly singing at Guardian Con. And no one questions it. We just do it. And it's like, oh my god, this is, it's really cool when you can meet a group of people who are comfortable enough to just randomly break out in song like a musical. It's kind of a lame moment showing my nerddom. What song was it? It was from the Beatles. We were singing American Pie. Oh no! Oh, back, I don't know. I don't know that's if you could hear me because I was on the other side and it was pretty noisy. But we were singing together. Yeah, we have an audio clip of it slash video clip. Pens caught it, at least part of it, and it's it's just <laughs> such a sweet moment. And he's, he's a sweet guy. God, yeah, he is. I you love know? him so much. <laughs> oh man, he's yeah, awesome. he's he is and, such a neat guy. Speaking of meeting people, this is this was the first time I've ever met Baxter in person. Mm-hmm. It was and the first time that I've a lot of been... people had ever even seen yes. Baxter. Yes, Baxter and, does exist, um, even though he is a, a yes. frame. He's a frame. It, yeah, I he thought he was a, a golden age, a golden age uh, experiment. <laughs> yeah, experiment. In a, he in writes a like platform. one. He writes yeah. like mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. He does. He has amazing handwriting, which I knew. He and I have video chatted a lot. Um, but we'd never met in person before, even though we've been working together for over two years now, um, two and a half years. So yeah, it's really awesome. And I love him and he's my favoriteest person ever. <laughs> he's such a sweetheart. And well, he's asleep. And yeah. And he's asleep. Um, he's no, he's probably he asleep. He better be asleep. <laughs> the lore mom that's reveals mom. itself. That's the lore mom, yes. Oh, okay. S- <laughs> short story. Purple is lore mom to the extreme. Like I, I get, I used to get teased for being lore mom, mom in our chat. Purple, you have taken that crown from me. Have you eaten today? Have you had anything to drink? <laughs> this woman chased oh, her no, no, no. around, making this sure is... that he had food and drinks. It was this is what had happened. Okay, we go to lunch. Fife, like before the lore panel, Fife does not come with us to lunch. Fife says, hey, can you bring us some food back? We're like, sure, we can totally sneak food into the super security place. I totally Thus, smuggled And in. Green I... totally did because she's amazing. Well, and, and, and the best part was the message that got sent. Hey, Bife, <laughs> Green smuggled you a Cuban. That was it. <laughs> No yeah, context, yeah. nothing uh, <laughs> other than that message. It was the most random message to get. It was like, you smuggled a what now? Oh, and you mean the sandwich. That Baxter, makes more Baxter, sense. Baxter, Baxter clarified it because he figured that Fife might not understand what we were talking about. But we were in Florida. I mean, I knew what you meant. Right. don't think about it it's i just got the message and i was like i had to do a double take because i'm like wait hang on i smuggled a small person you smuggled a small person in what did you why (laughs) 
Oh, you're talking about the sandwich. Okay. Okay. So then by the time we get to Bife, it's like everyone's like, oh, no, running around being crazy, trying to get ready for the panel. And then we have a lore panel. And then we signed autographs for over an hour. And it was insane and amazing. Mm -hmm. And then the line finally started dying down. Thank you, pens and and Festive Potato and my husband for stopping the line. Um, And I'm like, Bife you need to eat. You need to sit right here and eat food. And he's like, but I want to talk to the people. And I'm like, no, you're getting, you need to eat now. And he's like, fine. He opens up his backpack and in true, like young person fashion pulls out a brownie. I was like, I know you have a sandwich in there. I know that we brought you a sandwich. And he's like, fine. So he sits down. And as he pulls the sandwich out, I pull out a bottle of hand sanitizer and I hand it to him. Oh my and I God. Have never, I, I have never in my life been looked at with such adoration <laughs> as the moment that I handed Bife a bottle of hand sanitizer. I love it. It was such amazing. Good such good And then moments. I yelled at him for uh, not drinking any water the next day um, or eating anything because he didn't eat anything that day either. And That's I was really very upset. It's real easy to forget. Yeah. Man, um, Guardian Con moment. Blue? <laughs> sorry, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm reading chat react to Purple's story. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll run through our standard intro here real quick, and then we'll jump right into the conversation. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed our extra lore topic for June, Star Wars. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay on the charts which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content covering a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the abilities of Osiris. Please note that there is not going to be a poll this weekend as we are going to set aside next week's discussion for a summarization of the extra lore content. With all this being said, here's Green with a high-level summary of tonight's topic. In the pre-Cryptokian system, humanitarian-based defenses are considered especially heinous. In the last city... The dedicated guardians who investigate these various events are members of an elite squad known as the Focus Fire Chat. These are their stories. 
Clovis Bray family. Known family members. Clovis Bray, head of Clovis Bray Corp. Clovis Bray II, son of Clovis Bray. Known surname members. Alton Bray, author of Trials and Triumphs. Dr. Willa Bray, Ingram developer and head of secret research projects based on nanotechnology. Anna Bray, crypto-linguist assigned to Rasputin. Elsie Bray, weapons research and development. Reason for disappearance? Unknown. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about the Bray family, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow the uh, gonna, the really moment <laughs> moment for purple to respond. I love you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Can I just ask a question? Can I be iced tea? So, so what you're telling me is this guy Clovis made nanites. <laughs> Could you imagine Ice Cube trying to talk to Clovis Bray? Oh my god. <laughs> Purple's oh my god. broken. Purple's broken. We're, we're, we're done. Hey, you know it wasn't Clovis. He was framed. <laughs> you know, I mean, as far as mob boss type characters or mob family, I thought it was quite appropriate. That's awesome. It was great. Was amazing. I was, just, I was trying to think of something to do this week that would be kind of fun and silly because... You know, gotta keep it light, but dang. You know how hard it is to find music that sounds somewhat similar to the Law and Order theme that isn't going to get us copyright yeah. pinged? I don't need I don't need an email from Dick Wolf, okay? Yeah, I would really <laughs> appreciate that. On the next episode of Law and Order, Focus Fire Chat. Sued. Sued. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I know the uh I know with the top three and the the little diatribe that took place that and then also with recounting Guardian Con, we're running we ran a little bit long with that piece. Do uh, we want what do we want to jump over Lost Lore this week, or is there something that you guys really wanted to discuss? I think a lot of the lost lore is gonna be tied into it because like <laughs> Alton's story is super short. Mm-hmm. As far as yeah. like what we know about him, so as far as connecting back to D1, we've got a lot that we're going to be talking about anyway. Yeah, it's kind of, that's, I mean, to be honest, that's kind of Bray in general, right? Yeah. Bray, I mean, this Some entire, I mean, there's large chunks of this entire episode that could be considered lost lore. Let's just do it. Let's okay, do the new- cool. So, and to kind of jump in, uh, I'm going to let Purple actually lead the charge because I my understanding is that we just have a, a hot off the press uh, summary of the, the Clovis Bray family available well, at. <laughs> um, it's, so it's actually for the organization um, that they founded and which is different from the family. 
but also relevant because they were all super involved. Right. So, so real um, quick, real quick, Purple, um, on that, can you die? Can you explain that just a little? Because I know that that might be a little confusing for some people, too. So yes. we we have so, a difference, right, between the Clovis Bray Corporation and the Clovis Bray family. Right. So as is tradition, seemingly most places, there was a person named Clovis Bray who founded a company and named it after himself. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if you go to ishtar-collective.net, uh, and go to categories, um, you will see that there is a category called Clovis Bray, which is about the company. And then there is a Clov- there's a category called the Bray family, which basically just has one sentence that lists the known members of the family. Which, by the way, still confuses okay. me because... Purple right. said, I updated the summary. I went to the Bray family and I was like, no, you didn't. It's still the so same the sentence. Re- <laughs> and the Clovis Bray organization category is also a new category that I just created this week. Um, so if you haven't been to the site recently, you might have cash. The, if it doesn't show up, just mm-hmm. refresh your website. Anyway. Um, so all of the members that we know of of the family were also involved in the company as family businesses are wont to do. So it all gets very convoluted and confusing, um, especially when you get into discussions like, how is everyone related to each other? Mm-hmm. Are they related yeah. to each other? <laughs> are they biologically related to each other or, or not? Just, are they um, we know of. Yeah. Are they all just collaborators? Mm-hmm. Well, so they all presumably have the last name Bray in the sense that they are all called something Bray. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, a, I'm operating under the presumption that in the golden age, traditional naming conventions have not been sh- shed. Maybe that's too big of a leap, but I don't know that we really want to go down that rabbit hole. So well, I mean, I think I think that's value. a safe I think that's a safe presumption because for for instance, not not to jump too far ahead, <clears throat> but for instance, for Anna, like we know that Anna is not a biological relation to the Bray family, but she specifically says that she was adopted into the Bray. Right. And so she was given the surname you know, Green Green's intro kind of made made a light, you know, joke about that. Those with the surname. I mean, the only ones that we don't we don't know are, you know, obviously the others, but we know specifically that Anna was not biologically related. It does seem that Elsie was. That's kind of the feeling I kind of get. But I don't think there's anything definitive on that. There's nothing conclusive, I don't think. The Oh, go ahead. Mm. The son is the only one that we know is a bio. Well, even then, uh, it's just like don't you don't know, even know if he's biological. That. You just know mm-hmm. he calls him father, and he he makes reference to his grandfather, right? So you know at least at least that he has has known this person as a father his whole life, and thinks his father to be his grandfather. But I don't. I I someone with as big a uh, a god complex as as Clovis Bray 
supposedly. I, I don't really think. Yeah. Well, no, no, not uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, I just because Beard and I have had a, a multiple conversations about this. There's been there's been some developments, especially with Warmind, that really kind of you know question or put into question whether or not he was as narcissistic as as we originally well, think no no i i'm not necessarily applying some sort of uh negative you know kind of bent on it but i i am saying that that clovis um there there's a little bit of narcissism there but oh I right i mean he's the def- classic uh, type a personality he starts talking about the solar system as a map and him reaching off the map and pulling colors onto it that don't exist I mean, there someone with that level of, um, you know, uh, ambition and and the ego that must go with that because there must be some ego that accompanies that that kind of uh, ambition. Uh, I don't I don't think it's beyond him to just slap the bray tag on individuals whom he feels personifies it best. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a, a, a an array of adopted uh, children that that he simply saw promise in and and kind of promoted. Just hearing him talk about how he has no employees, he only has clients, um, his titles are not like very foremost in this man's mind. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a fact. I'm just saying that it's not beyond the the bounds of reason. I can see that. I can totally see that. Um, Purple, did we? Did you have any? I'm sorry, we kind of went off on a a little oh, bit of a tangent there. No, I. Lo- <laughs> no, it's totally fine, and and that's the thing about about like the Braves and the company. Like it's all very like mixed up together. Um, because like you have Willa, who people seem to think is old like willa seems to be the, the, the matron the mom like the matron yeah possibly but we have no actual evidence for that it's just like that's kind of how it feels um like you know and then you get into things like with with war mind and the way that anna talks about elsie um is is more of a sibling type relationship and then you bring up the question like well was she adopted as a as an infant or a young child and they were brought up mm-hmm. as sisters or is this more of a like we found you as a teenager or young adult and we liked the way your brain worked and we sort of brought you in and now you have this weird sibling style relationship but it's you know you know like right and it does know. seem like just- alton <laughs> It seems like Alton is also a sibling of uh, Elsie and Anna because the, uh, oh, I just blanked the sparrow that they uh, basically Uh, fixed for him or they fixed and he's talking. It kind of seems like he was, I I almost get the feeling that Alton was like a little brother figure to Anna and Elsie. Um, That's again, going back entirely supposition there. Um, and then Willa th- ambush. Yes, Alton. yes. Yeah. And then um but for for Willa, for me the reason is is because of the entire um 
well, the entire Siva fragments, but then also the way that Elsie as the exo stranger kind of talks about her about you know willa hunting her through the halls and then you have like is it the i always flip i know beard and i always flip this one the 18 kelvin sidearm Mm -hmm. where it's like Mm -hmm. you know willa's will it's kind of it's like willa's gone crazy everyone take weapons like you don't know Mm -hmm. what this crazy lady's gonna do um that's correct yeah i i get the sense that she was kind of if not if not the mother the mother figure, at least. The only one I would disagree with you on is Alton, just because Alton, there's Alton Dynamo, mm-hmm. which is one of the locations that we get to go to. So, isn't that's like the only area that's named after one of the Bray? Children, well, we don't know if they're right? named after it, but yes, they share a name. Uh, or is uh, he named after it? No, because we know Alton already exists when. When, but we uh, don't know when the dynamo well, was this, well Cause, but, i mean because if you look at it from the war like this is just sorry just to just to kind of debate that a little bit um we know that alton you know was around because we we assume that alton was around prior but if you look at the, the actual dynamo. kind of like the 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 parent history of the golden age that we can surmise a little bit from i'd almost argue that futurescape was around before meridian bay and in that I mean, case, I've, in that case, though, it would mean that because Alton wrote his, what is it? The uh, Trials and Trials Triumphs. And triumphs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was all about uh, Meridian Bay, if I remember correctly. That was all yeah, well, Meridian Bay It's on the Meridian Bay card. Yeah. 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 Was it just about Clovis Bray or was it? It, it, it's, it just says a, it's a quote from his book, presumably. A great city is a place where man competes with the gods. Okay. It's just the Meridian Bay card from OG Destiny. Mm-hmm. It's uh, all I was saying. It's 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 far from confirmed, but it it definitely seems in Clovis Bray too in the Ghost Fragment that uh, um, that Clovis Bray is already setting up in Hellas Basin, um, and it seems to me that Alton is the is the speaker in this card or the, you know, right. The, the child the voice. So, so it's not a, it's, I'm not saying that that's interesting. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. So you yeah, think Alton is the, yeah. Yeah. I think not Clovis Alton Bray. Is, the second. I think it's Alton. It's real hard to assign it either way, but it, I know, no, I know. To, I just, I definitely, I mean, going, it. Going back to you know supposition and presumptions, I have always assumed mm-hmm. that that was uh, Clovis Bray the second. Okay, well, well, let me just uh, <laughs> or, well, Clo- or as Bray as I gave Beard a headache well, earlier this okay. week, Clovis Bray two. But well, you the just, you just completely screwed me. So so the Clovis Bray card you're talking about Ghost Fragment Clovis Bray two two the second uh, one. Oh no no no! It's Ghost Fragment Ghost Fragment Clovis Bray. An yeah. excerpt from an unpublished memoir of Clovis Bray the Second. Right. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. All right. And yeah. you were throwing you were throwing Read me that. for a loop there too. I was Read like, the I whole know. thing, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if Justin did as much prep as he did for his hot dog dialogue. Listen, I was really <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I was real, real impressed with that, by the okay, way. Okay, honestly, honestly, what you were messing was the very fabric of reality. 
<laughs> I felt I felt like Ant Man in the quantum realm. I had to set things. I had to make things okay for, for the children. So I I'm I'm proud of my work there. With, the, with <laughs> you the should CEO. be. I was impressed. <laughs> National oh, hot dog. Sasha's council. Which, by the way, I tweeted out the thing about like making people talk about things that are like slightly uncomfortable for them, like getting them to talk about it. It was National Hot Dog Day that day, mm-hmm. yeah. and I had mentioned the hot dog thing. Anyway, that's a, that's a day of healing. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's interesting that you brought up Clovis Bray too, the mm-hmm. Ghost Fragment Clovis Bray too, because um, it. Since it immediately follows Ghost Fragment Clovis Bray, obviously, um, it you do kind of operate under the assumption that it's the same narrator, mm-hmm. but there's no indication that it is. Like it doesn't have that subheader right. like the first one does. That's a fair point um, too. And and it talks about um, you know that someone's coming here new, a place that I've dreamed of since I was a boy with a telescope. Right. And then it says, Dr. Willabray herself came to congratulate me. If Dr. Willabray is the matron of the family, as we are presuming, and like it wouldn't make sense for Clovis Bray Jr. or Clovis Bray the second to say that sentence. If well, that that's was like his mom or his grandma. Like well, this this one is this card, the voice in this card is the person who takes place takes the place of the people doing the original SIVA project research. Because this, t- right. this card comes from uh, Rise of Iron. Yes. I don't mm. remember that person's name, though, off the top of my head. Shirazi? Shirazi. Well, they're in... They're in oh, the, the person taking the place of Shirazi? Correct. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I completely forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Willa Bray says... You'll be able to expand soon into the oh, that's space right. currently yeah. occupied yeah. by the Shirazi we, Lab. What happened to him? Oh, is... they they decided to move on. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no. did they now? All we know is that person is exceedingly naive. That's all we know about that person. <laughs> He's like, right. why would you move on? This place is great. <laughs> I can't imagine a better place. There's to there's so much room for activities, except for you can't go outside. <laughs> Because it's cold. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now but, I have the future scape as stepbrothers stuck in my head. Yeah. That's uh, not fun. <laughs> so we don't know exactly how Alton is re- related. It's can kind of inferred that Alton has a relationship at least with, was it Elsie who fixed the sparrow? Uh, yes. Anna. I thought it was Anna. Or Anna. Is no. That, uh, the- is that Alton's ambush? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah, the the um Elsie could make it go faster. Elsie. Yes. Yep. Yep, yep. So at least there's a connection there on the, in that way whether or not it's it called why is it called Alton's ambush though? maybe it was his sparrow. Maybe no, he was why what's the no, what's the significance of <laughs> You think he got ambushed by a bunch of thrall? No, no. Uh, I just love I purple's response. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. Okay, <laughs> it might have been his sparrow. 
It's not called Alton Thanks. Sparrow. <laughs> Thanks, Purple. We knew You're we welcome. could count. We knew we could count on you. Uh, so That's what I'm here the, for. Should we move on to one of the other Brays? Like Willow Bray, like the most stepmothery of Oh my gosh. Brays is it is it is. is it bad of me that all I can see is like the evil stepmother from Snow White when I think of Willow Bray? Like Because she's been painted as such a very cold person. And to be fair, right. And to be fair on that note, you know, going off that, I, I will admit that we have a very biased presentation, right? Because we really not actually I take that back. We we have some dialogue from Willa herself with the Siva fragments. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I, I still think I don't know. If of all of them I'm more I'm more in line with thinking afraid. that Willa Willa is the one to be really afraid of than any mm-hmm. of them. Well, and she's the one who successfully, you know, kept, made the breakthrough to go to um, to create engrams mm-hmm. mm-hmm. from the relic crystals. Mm-hmm. Which, which is I, a which huge I will, breakthrough I will continuously that bug leads purple about. To, <laughs> it's a huge breakthrough that leads to all kinds of other technologies. Right. Like that that unlocks lots of different things. Right. So. Well, and to to go down that a little bit too, I mean, because isn't the engram is described as a fourth fourth form of um, matter? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's 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 how big of a discovery that is. Like, that's it's it's a massive discovery. So here's a question for you. I was debating this when I was writing the fifth, introduction. Sorry, fifth. Thank you, Black Flag. Yes. Um. Was what was Willow Bray's job within the Futurescape area to take out the trash? No, I mean besides the mobster, shove him in a type, um, the back of the car type thing, and the trunk of the car. Um, I got you some new boots. I was very tempted to put her into research and development, like Elsie is listed as being. Because I, I, of, yeah. but she's not a weapons research and development i i kind of i honestly i saw like all the mentions of her she seems like the uh administrator yeah which project which kind of ties with tight yeah project manager right and that and that ties into my viewing her as like the matron is because mm-hmm. she's the one that it seems like you know when shirazi kind of started questioning stuff and and then suddenly he took an opportunity somewhere else you know he found Mm -hmm. a better position or whatever you know however that however you want to talk about that um she kind of was the one that was explaining oh no no it's going to be emptied out here shortly you know she she was organizing all this other stuff going on she um, does still have a hand in actual research, though. I mean, she oh, had a yeah. direct hand in the SIVA project. She also had the breakthrough with the engrams, which we were just talking right. about. But and I guess this is where I kind of argue, too, because did I mean, I got with with the, the engram, the engram research aside like that, which I mean, I'm the, yeah, that's very tough to say because it's a very important aspect of the research. But like all that aside. Um, I think everything else I kind of read as she was project managing it 
So like the SIVA stuff, if you read, if you read the, um, God, I just blanked on what they call, but the little SIVA clusters, um, mm-hmm. if you read it, it's like, fragments. yeah, the dorm, the dormant, cl- okay. yeah, whatever the little, the little cluster bombs that don't explode. Um, yeah. if you read the conversation between her and the general, it's, it kind of strikes me as like a project manager being like, oh no, this is, you know, this is what we're doing. And then the general is like, let's talk about the the possibilities. I mean, that to me, that doesn't read like, oh, this is a researcher that reads as this is a project manager interfacing with a potential client, you know, right. gauging what they can do. So here's a here's a thought. We we know that the development of the Engram was this like breakthrough that caused this cascade of, de- of development and technology, right? It affected a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. So what if Willa was first like a researcher, right? Mm-hmm. And she developed, a, she had this breakthrough with the Engram. And then after that, she got promoted. It got, yeah, yeah it, it became such a huge thing that she's now overseeing all these different projects. I totally couldn't buy it. You know, I, I would totally um, buy that. And so rather than being like in the lab, she kind of gets promoted or whatever, however you want to say it, to be more of a, of an overseer of an administrative type position so that she can manage all these different projects that the development of the Engram had an effect on. I like the term overseer because it has the mm-hmm. negative connotation that I have with Willa. Like, and I, I mean, to again, reiteration here, this is all like my supposition. supposition. Like there is mm-hmm. nothing definitive about Willa being like super evil other than like a lot of inference on some of the comments that we have from her. And then, I mean, cause you can also, if I, if I try really, really hard, I can also read some of the SIVA clusters as Willa kind of being like. I don't want to do go I don't want to do weapon, you know, research because I think there's a few there's a few there where she's talking about it purely in the sense of colonization tools and the you know you can kind of see the general being like, "Oh, you know." And and I think you could read it that way as well. Um I I I don't really I mean like I still kind of think that the whole I don't know. I I I've I'm kind of ruined about megalo corporations from my exposure to science fiction in general. Like usually you don't see mega corporations portrayed in a nice way. Beneficial manner within science fiction like that's usually uh, not really. I no. I'm trying really hard to think of any that I can that come to uh, none come to mind. Um but that all being said, I I'm I don't know. I I just Willa strike Willa has that like all the other brays, including Clovis, like with the information. And that being said, we could get a new information with Forsaken, you know, or with some other development later down the road that completely changes our interpretation of Willa as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because up until Warmind, you know, <laughs> we all thought Clovis was evil Sisyphus, and you know, you know, this narcissistic god wanna be, you know god complex individual and honestly after some of the stuff that warmind opened up the theories now are kind of like you know there's there's a potential that his 
his motivations are more nuanced than than initially we thought, which is the great thing about, you know, new information or, you know, if I even dare say the word retcons, because retcons don't necessarily are negative. Um, It's called clarification. But, you know, I, I think that so that putting that possibility aside with the information that I've that I've seen. So far, I, I kind of now ascribe Willa more as the, and that could be jealousy of her new position too. You know, that's not something that would be new is if you, you know, purple going on that, that train of thought, Willa makes this big discovery with Ingrams, uh, which I mean is revolutionary as it is. And then along comes, you know, Elsie and Anna, we don't, again, not sure on the relation here. But Anna is kind of heralded as a as a um, savant when it comes to tinkering, and so is Elsie. You know, Elsie's over here blending Hive and Vex technologies because she has friends at the Ishtar, and um, Anna is you know making new and ingenious developments with technology. And you know, maybe maybe Willa is territorial like you know i mean maybe maybe what we're picking up on is uh jealousy from willa yeah well and and maybe if it's not even like territorial but like if she got kind of relegated to an administrative position because there was just too much to manage she might be just jealous that oh, they get to work in a lab and she doesn't that's that's you know I, like yeah, that's, that's what true she too. obviously wanted to do like she has to you have to expect that she has some level she, of passion for what she's doing in order to be able to get as far as she got mm-hmm. right and so like if then the next step is congratulations you just came up with this really amazing thing now be an administrator like right. i would be pissed off <laughs> Well, and I can see that you also see that with uh, like the stereotypical, um, you know, uh, soldier stories where it's like, you know, Halo, you see that a lot with Master Chief and, you know, uh, Johnson, like they keep trying to promote him and he's like, nope, nope, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to stay right here. You know, I don't want the promotion, you know, and all that. They want to be in the field. So, I mean, yeah, that's also, I mean. That being said, that seems like a little bit of a petty reason to try to kill someone over, but well, I, I get I mean, yeah, I people have people have done worse things for less. I mean, we've kind of talked about Willa's position within the company, but the only thing we have about Clovis's position in the company comes from that that same ghost fragment Clovis Bray. Mhm. All that we know is that they were well um, there. We do have the Sisyphus project reference, right? The minion ring, which is like one of the only reasons I played a warlock in D one. But we don't item. have any any really new developments about Clovis Bray himself or the Sun in D two. Mm, no, yeah, no, we don't. Um, we had like there's some. There were some implant, and so there were implications in Warmind with the revelation of like the whole Nocris situation and uh, the whole futurescape being built on a you know hive graveyard. But 
Not directly. We don't, I don't think we have any that comes to mind, any new information about them. Which is sad because I really want to know his motivations. Like, I, I'm just, I'm really curious about Clovis Bray himself as to like, I mean, j- just, just the exoscience program in general. Like what, what is the, what's the inspiration for that? You know, that's well, yeah, the Sisyphus project, um, which is just an amazing name for a project. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Green. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just trying to think is like, we've kind of talked about the, the braids that we don't have a ton of information on. Do we want to talk about the two braids that we know a lot more that we learned a lot more about during Warmind with Anna I mean, and Elsie? We shouldn't, we definitely shouldn't let them be strangers. Uh, Can we ex- is there time? <laughs> Get out, both of you. I'm done with you both. See, I didn't even do it. This, this. Thing. Wow, that's Let's... the pun that broke the Campbell's back. Apparently, should we start with Elsie? I, I think she... I think Elsie would be easy to start with, and and honestly, I think Elsie will lead kind of naturally into conversation Anna. about Anna, mm-hmm. um, as well as you know, like I like I've kind of hinted at. There's a there's a bit of uh, theory crafting that Beard and I have done about Elsie, you know, with the revelation of some of the information from Forsaken, and and I stress, I stress heavily that it's theory crafting, um, but I mean, yeah. So you guys are green. Do you want to start with a, a like a high overview? I know I've been kind of dominating the chat here um, with my babbling. I mean, I was going to actually toss it to Beard if he wanted to. Okay, yeah, definitely. Talk about that. Sure. Uh, we just wanted to hop right in on like Elsie and the thoughts that we have surrounding her, why she exists, etc. Right? Yeah, uh, I can think we do an well, overview yeah. on how we know that she's the Exo Stranger. Okay. So the biggest thing that really like nailed it. There's there's a few pieces really. Uh, first was the lost memory fragments uh, that you're able to shoot, collect, etc. around Mars because, you know, it makes a lot of sense to collect information that you should probably shoot it. Uh, but in terms of what those uh, memories had actually held for us was pretty cool uh, because it gave us insight into Elsie Bray as a person. Because beforehand, the only thing we really knew about her was she... Uh, she took the Eon, uh, the Eon trespass and just like she, she jumped down. Like there was no other information about her or anything like that. Uh, and then of course, with these lost memory fragments, we actually started to realize, Oh, there's a little bit more behind her. Uh, they are, uh, both her and Anna are officially like sisters or sister figures. Uh, and then from there, it kind of just built off that you find that she's this, uh, engineering genius and she has a lot more uh, going for her than meets the eye uh, which is really cool to see uh, just like how her as a character as underdeveloped as she was was all of a sudden being pushed to a, a whole different level of development like almost very quickly uh, after the lost memory fragments uh, we had another little puzzle that that popped up uh, and it was a code that was hanging around in with uh, Rasputin stuff, and it took the guys at uh, the 
uh, Raid Secrets uh, subreddit to really get a handle on like what was going on with that, uh, which I I loved that little puzzle that was uh, spanning and and going on there for a while. Um, yeah, there's there's those bits and pieces uh, which we've come to find out that oh no, there's uh, there's a little bit more behind the the stranger than we had thought before. Uh, with little hints and so on that she kind of left for us in that puzzle. Uh, I would love to be able to actually grab a hold of said writing because I have it written down, but if anybody has it handy, that'll be uh, something to reference. Oh, you're talking about the uh, the um, hidden message that they decode. I was, I was actually thinking mm-hmm. while you were talking, um, I was thinking two two little things. Uh, on the note of what they found, have you, right. if you have not already, I really strongly encourage this, go over to the subreddit Raid Secrets, or I, I'm sure it's on Destiny the Game at this point, um, but the actual coins that were included, did you, yeah. Beard, have you, have you looked at those? I have not, actually. Oh my gosh, they're so cool. So they actually say they're, they're a, uh, it's a picture of like the the exoscience diamond or whatever with a keyhole and it says mm. Clovis Bray don't be a stranger. Hmm. So it was another kind of um little nod little there. Nod. Yeah. And then also on the lost uh memory fragments the the uh explanation as to why we shoot them was in uh one of the data um oh what are they called the little cubes Hang on, let me see. I have one with me. Let me see if I can. The little ducks. Uh, no, the lost memory fragments. Uh, mm. it was the. Hang on, yeah. Uh, twenty-five days till divergence. She, it's the lost memory fragment, and it's uh, as an engineer, I wish I could bottle inspiration. You never know when it'll hit. For instance, this morning I was servicing some Hephaestus field units, test nodes that are meant to gauge weapon effectiveness in a variety of field conditions, and I had an idea. The nodes are mobile enough that they could be easily hidden and reconfigured to need specific weapon data to activate. If someone is smart enough, they could easily arrange the nodes to serve as a locking mechanism, one that's hidden right in plain view. So that was the, um, I kind of, I always, when I read that, I kind of took that as the explanation as to why the different memory nodes actually require different elemental damage to be done. Right. Uh, and and actually why why we shoot them is because they are actually mem- they're, they're actually <laughs> weapon testing nodes. So more explanations for game mechanics. Yay! I know it's it's amazing, right? Right? It's it's almost like this was planned. Um, yeah, really. Shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, sorry, I, green uh, green threw that into chat. I think for yeah, the... I was going to say I I did find it in my in my books too. I was uh, admittedly killing Nocris, so that was the only reason I was not able to uh, <laughs> get back to looking at it. Um. But that said, yeah, I have it here for it. Uh, now keep in mind this: uh, the the order of which all of this should go is pretty much mem, uh, mem fragments uh, one through five, and then from there, reading this message afterward kind of makes everything make sense. But 
I know we've talked about this before, but like it, it really does stand to be uh, reiterated uh, over and over again, uh, just for the sake of like listening to it. Because I, I know I, I read it a few times and I pick up like a couple extra, a couple of extra pieces each time I read over these fragments in this message. But uh, anyway, thank you for taking the time to piece together this message, friend. The time of our final conflict is drawing closer, and you and Anna have an important role to play in the events to come. So watch over her, Guardian. I would have no life without Anna or the EXO program. I have regret we have become strangers, but we each have a path that we must walk. And, ironically, there never seems to be enough time. Tell her Rasputin's first attempt was in the right location, but the wrong moment. Look here. And then we end up getting uh, coordinates that uh, actually led back to a. Uh, it was the what was it? Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Uh, yeah, uh, Sleeping Beauty. I thought it was a mountain. Or, mountain range. It, it was, was in a, the. It was a hiking trail. Uh, yeah. Hiking trail on a mountain. Park. Yeah. But uh, dual nature on that because the uh, the sleeper simulant actually has it uh, its intrinsic perk changed. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but I think it's like a Durschelf type thing. I, I can't remember oh, yeah, it's not having it's a weapon German, in front of me. It's German for Sleeping Beauty. German Sleeping, for Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Sleeping Beauty is, is also a Tchaikovsky piece. Correct. Um, but the, uh, the message is also signed E, which, of course, for a lot of us, I, I have a hard time thinking that that is anything but Elsie at that point, like with who we're dealing with, with like who we've seen and so on. Uh, I don't know of like a lot of other E's that are showcased except for like Ephrodite if we want to go down that spinfoil road. Uh, And even then, I don't think that that would would fit properly. Uh, It just would make a ton of sense. Uh, Unless, of course, Ephrodite diverges and re-diverges into being Ephrodite from Elsie. Uh, again, spinfoil hits. It's really not in any way confirmed whatsoever. The the biggest pieces, though, for uh, from this log, however, the the largest thing that I know really gets uh, Blue and I kind of ramped up. Especially, uh, I would have no life without Anna or the <laughs> EXO program. <laughs> so many divergent uh, threads on that that line alone. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so last night, uh, and I, I may as well plug him here for a little bit. Uh, if you guys want to listen to the theory more in full and just hear like a couple of minds get blown just for the fact that this theory has not been presented, I think, globally yet. Uh, but I was on with uh, Just Some Guardians last night, which is Elmer Fudd and crew. Uh, and it was really cool to just sit and talk with Lore for them for about two hours. Uh, but that said, we ended up getting into this little theory uh, that Blue and I had that it, it kind of picked into uh, with how the Hive were there before Rasputin was there. And when you start to think about it like that, you also start to wonder, well, maybe the Exos had a reason for being built more than just somebody wanted to be alive forever. And you start to go down these these other different paths that start to create and, and coalesce and so on. Uh, and Blue, I don't know how far we really want to go down that tangent. <laughs> it's such Lord a tangent. We'll be here for a while. Oh my! 
I think, oh man, I'm trying to remember, did we, have we ever on an episode actually gone fully and explained this? I know it was an after show conversation originally. I think if you may have gone into it in part, but I don't think you guys have Mm -hmm. gone into it fully. I think we should touch on Anna before we circle back and do that. Well, and and all of this still like heavily deals with Anna to begin with, so that's what I wanted to to kind of be sure of yeah. anyway. Because she, realistically, like any of the Clovis that are there, would have like heavy implication for like knowing what is going on underneath Mars, uh, which is the scary portion, I guess you could say. Uh, but I'll get to that, I guess, in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Elsie is, uh, of course, who I have focused on. And I think for, for a lot of like lore theorists, they've focused on for a long time for obvious reason, especially now knowing like who she is and uh, whatnot has been very important to like how uh, Destiny as a whole has developed and changed over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so extremely, extremely important to know at this point that, uh, you know, Elsie... I would probably say like 99.9% per this point has been confirmed as the Exo Stranger. Uh, which, of course, plays back towards like Anna Bray herself then, uh, the other most important uh, member of what we've had in Warmind. And how does she kind of coalesce back with uh, with Elsie, obviously outside of just a name? Uh, how does she uh, move back in with uh, like Willa or Clovis himself and so on? And it comes down to the fact that she seems like a very uh, skilled engineer as well. She's uh, she's picked into her abilities to create uh, even weaponry. It seems like she's she's dabbled in, of course, with like the Polaris Lance and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for her her largest, of course, achievements have been more related towards uh, than I. Rasputin. Can't remember exactly what uh, she does call herself, which is terrible of me. Crypto linguist. Uh, Crypto linguist. Yeah, I always want to say a neurolinguistic, but that's uh, that's also wrong. Um, but a cryptolinguist, which basically tries to help out uh, Rasputin in knowing what it is that's actually like how how he should gauge himself, his moral code, uh, and so on. Uh, that's who basically builds those parameters was was Anna Bray herself. Uh, well, I think the super interesting way that she did it, mm-hmm. which I'm okay. If any of you are following me on Twitter, you know I've I'm reading the Brandon Brandon Sanderson books, this um, Stormlight series or Stormlight Chronicles, mm-hmm. and the Spren learn by absorbing human different things. Mm-hmm. And they actually become more and more cognizant. It reminded me so much of how Rasputin learned because Rasputin learned not only just like wrote words and the rules for it, but also learned it through art absorption and music mm-hmm. and culture. Yeah. I mean, he's got his first joke. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is quite terrifying, frankly. Telling his first oh, not joke. It was but no, no, because jo- I don't think you guys. No, because like that. green, wasn't it green that you went and you found that it, it like you explained it to us? Like it's a, it's it an, actual an actual joke. Yeah, I don't remember, but I 
Maybe. It was a it was a joke that doesn't really have a joke, and the punchline makes no sense, etc. Right. It's a type. It's a type of joke. Yes. Right. Yeah. Give me a second, and I'll go find it again. Obviously, migraines make my my memory uh, recognition skills a little on the lower side. But yeah, Anna is uh, is super key, and of course, how uh, all of that plays together, and like how. Uh, how Rasputin is now formed up and so on, and she's also I don't want to say partially to blame for the fact that Rasputin turns into the way that he is, but he's the one that basically uh, or she's the one that basically like uh, turns him into the the AI that he is. Yeah, she, now, shows, him, she shows him the way. Yeah, basically. <laughs> which, I totally uh, did not mean uh, to say that, but I, I just yeah, realized that I said that. Yeah, you yeah you did. Um, I'll let that pass for now. <laughs> the uh, largest, uh, I guess, the largest portions though come back to the fact that like Anna knew what kind of stuff she wasn't able to uh, bridge and give to Rasputin. Uh, but this is just to to say, as much as I don't necessarily now enjoy the character especially with like what we found out with like the the warmind comic and like how she just kind of ran off um <laughs> as much as i don't necessarily personally like the character of anna bray now as as much as i did before uh i still do appreciate the fact that she she is or was extraordinarily intelligent uh in order to teach this now thing that uh that has possibly larger amounts of knowledge and knowledge base than any of us uh any of us could even hope to fathom uh and that is all due in part to like what she was able to to place with her learnings and understandings of the golden age uh and then also like knowledge and understanding of like how uh how the light works and so on because again the 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 thing we learned from failsafe that i think also kind of uh, falls back towards what uh, Rasputin is also made out of. She has this uh, idea where she has to sit back and think about like who created her, uh, and she comes to the conclusion that the Traveler is her father. Uh, and in that respect, it very well could be that Rasputin may have come to that same uh, possible understanding, but changed it in in terms of like how his thinking and moral implications and codes would have. Uh, also altered over time, so all these uh, all these different things that kind of tie together, but but don't all at the same time. It's like destiny or something. Oh. <laughs> I found the type of joke he tells. Mm-hmm. I uh, I didn't know if you wanted to read that or not, but I will. Uh, it is called a non sequitur. Uh, I'll just read it verbatim here. Uh, this is an especially fun type of joke because it is uh, it uses nonsense. Non sequitur is a Latin term that means it does not follow. A non sequitur is when you try to connect two points that have nothing to do with each other. One of the most famous non sequitur jokes was written by the author Lewis Carroll in his book Alice in Wonderland when he asked, how is a raven like a writing desk? There is no right answer here because a raven and a desk have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Many people have offered their own answers, and each one makes less sense than the last. Like this one. Because there's a B in both. Neither word has a B in both in it. <laughs> 
So yeah, the Rasputin joke, if you guys don't remember, was two qu- quantum entangled particles walk into a neutron star. One said, can you point me towards the soap radio? That's the joke. But yeah, Rasputin does not tell jokes very well. Well, he, he does and he doesn't all at the same time. Mm-hmm. He uh, will we'll say that his humor is an acquired taste. At least he doesn't make you do riddles. Blaine is a pain. I've been watching uh, Gotham a little bit off and on, and all I can think of is freaking Edward Nigma whenever you say that now. Mm, I'm stuck on Dark Tower with Jay now. uh, Blaine is a pain. And how do they beat him? (laughs) With the non sequitur joke. Right. It's amazing. It's the best way to beat Blaine. Which is terrifying <laughs> that Rasputin can figure that out. Yeah, that makes Rasputin worse than Blaine. Confirmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Does it, though? Kidding. I think you guys should dive into your your Anna Bray, Elsie Bray, Heidi. Are we there? Are Bray. we there now? I think we're. I think we're pretty much. I, I mean, Anna. Chat. The, chat thing, wants to hear it. Where do we want to begin with this one? Because my goodness. Well, I think so. Let's let's start. Oh man, that is a really good question. So this is a bit of a winding. I would I would hesitate to even simplify this as call it a rabbit hole. This is kind of a rabbit yeah. worn. Um, yeah. And there's there's did, I. What's that? Did you guys? Okay. Do you remember this question that started you down this? That may be a good place to start. I don't know if there uh, was, was, it really was there a, a question? question? I think it was. Was it? I think the largest thing that like really started to to build from this was the uh, the thing that Deej had said about how uh, like Wayland Utani and everything is kind of like what the build up is on on Clovis Bray, uh, and that just seems like how everything kind of started out for us. Uh, because Deej, if you're if you're not familiar, Deej dropped a bomb on our on our heads during the uh, the live stream that basically said that Clovis Bray is very similar to uh, Wayland Utani or uh, the Tyrell Corporation, and both of these have some extremely uh, nasty implications within the the sci-fi world. Uh, to just cover them real fast or, or touch base on what they are, Wayland Utani is linked up with the uh, with the Alien franchise. Uh, Tyrell is linked up with the Blade Runner franchise. Uh, and if you know anything about them, there really isn't anything that sounds very good about it all. Uh, one, of course, is that the uh, the Wayland Utani group is looking for information on like what the xenomorphs are, uh, the the aliens that exist within the franchise. If you're not familiar, I don't know how you are at this point listening to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> and then with Blade Runner, uh, they created uh, robots, effectively robots anyway, more uh, synthetic uh, automatons that basically could uh, mimic how humans could act and, and handle uh and it was it was one of those things where they were trying to understand themselves uh, well and, and they that's were what also... i was about to say tyrell tyrell developed 
uh, rep, God, replicants, replicants. That's, replicants, yes. Um, they developed replicants that were so advanced that the replicants didn't know that they were replicants. Yeah. Like that's that's the degree to which Tyrell was kind of the the trouble. Like that's the trouble with Tyrell, um, and that's that's also uh, where you get the Blade Runners, which is the the title of the movie. Um, it's actually based off the Philip K. Dick short story, uh, "Do Androids Dream of Electronic Sheep," um, which is an amazing. If you guys, if you have not read that short story, I, I cannot strongly recommend reading actually any of any of his works are they all deal with like um asimov level type uh psychology questions about uh artificial intelligence but um tyrell was like so like i mean to to kind of present tyrell and then Wayland also their 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 catchphrase uh tyrell's was more human than human uh, and it was genetic replicants. And then the way, the, the way you or the company, which is what Wayland Yutani corporation was kind of shortened to, uh, was simply building better worlds. Uh, and, and really I think green, I, <laughs> that's where I think beard and I kind of hesitate. I don't think there was a question as much as it was that, that, and then combined with the information that we gain from Warmind, and the and and really the only way of making the um, the presence of Zol and Nocris make sense with regards to like oh they're underneath Rasputin, it's like right. how did how did how yeah who got there first was it the chicken or the egg right and it it really the only way this makes sense in a logical is like they had to be there first. They, I mean, there really is no way to kind of split the hairs on that because there is such a massive amount of hive underneath that ice that it's not something that could have snuck by. You know, I mean, you can say a lot of things about Clovis, but I don't I don't think he would have, you know, or they would have missed that many hive just suddenly appearing. And then also the fact that they're described as a festering, you know, basically graveyard. Um, right. And then, so, so, and this is where, this is where the, the leaps and connections start to kind of start happening. So I'm going to reiterate again, this is a massive nest of spin foil. Like this is a big theory. This is not really, there's nothing in the lore that confirms, confirms us straight out. It's just assumptions from the information that we've been given. There's just so much fact that backs it up that it's, like, really hard to say that it's not fact. Like, it's one of those things with, like, uh, the other theory that I've been working on for now. How many months now, Green? Uh, The other Clovis Bray theory? The other big Clovis Bray theory where, like, I've been trying to find information that counteracts it. And every time I think I find something, I think about it further or I think about it in a different light or something else. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no. (laughs) <laughs> this fits exactly what we're trying to do here, uh, or or it at least helps it along, or doesn't disprove it enough. You right. know that that's the that's the thing about most of these theories now with Clovis Bray, and I think Purple, you had you had actually said uh, earlier in the week, you had said like Clovis Bray is entirely like unnecessary for like the lore as a as a whole in Destiny right now, but as a backstory piece and like what it is that they've been putting themselves together as, or what it seems like Bungie's trying to do. They've just developed into this, this hive nest, if you will, of, uh, 
ridiculous connections that have now started to purport themselves. Oh, absolutely. You know, the thing about it is that it's not Clovis Bray is never going to be in the top five things that any given person is going to come onto Ishtar Collective and, and search for, right? Like when you just run through the story mission, that's not what's going to come up. They might um, be after they're... I go ahead and say this theory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if they listen to the podcast, but if they listen to your podcast, they've probably already been on my website. At yeah. least I hope oh. so. Yeah. Um, Dang. So, um, but th- that's what I really meant by that. Like, the we write the summaries on the site for people who are trying to understand the lore for the first time on the on mm-hmm. an, on a surface level and so it's hard to pick and choose what to include because of course i like you guys are really deep into it and i think everything is important at some level because i want all the information forever but i have to recognize that it's not always mm-hmm. the case at first <laughs> Right. right. So, to kind of steal, in. yes, to kind of steal the the very first thing that you have to understand is really the connection with Wayland uh, is very important. Um, Tyrell, the the connection to Tyrell kind of comes in with the exoscience uh, more than yeah. anything, but the really big crux of this this kind of pet theory of ours is based around what Wayland Yutani is. Um, for those who, who might have, you know, only seen the movies and might not be aware of like, I mean, the alien versus predator universe is an immense universe. So just keep that in mind. Like there, there are tons of extra, you know, expanded universe works in the AVP, uh, universe, um, that explain actually this entire thing that I'm about to kind of summarize. Mm -hmm. So Wayland, Wayland Yutani is basically a mega corporation. We kind of talking about that in earlier about that in this episode. Uh, Wayland actually had an hostile takeover of Yutani early, early on in the series. And that's where the, the Wayland Yutani name was originated. Now, when they did that, what they did was they also overtook some things that Yutani was responsible for and they, they kind of expanded on that. One of those were, or actually two of those divisions that are very important in the movies are the bioweapons division and the reverse engineering division. So in the movies alien or, you know, in the alien series or in the predator series, basically all that technology that Wayland has is all basically due to reverse engineering from uh, what's called Yatsha technology. Now the Yatsha are the predators. So we basically what happens is, and if I remember correctly, it was a shoulder gun that the Wayland got a hold of. And so uh, for those, okay, so for those who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, there is a separate series that is connected to the Alien series called Predator. Uh, it's a great sci-fi. If you haven't seen it, I, I mean, obviously, strongly recommend you go watch it. Um, but it's in got it, Arnold in there. It's got Arnold in it. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's just it's it's a classic. Like, uh, it's just a classic. You you should go watch it. But one of the things that they do is they introduce a new quote air quote new species in the alien or AVP universe called the Yatcha or the Predators or the Hunters. 
Um, and what these what these characters basically are are they they are exactly that they're predators they're hunters of the xenomorphs. Uh, what they use as basically they're they're a hunter culture, uh, and what they do is their coming of age ritual is basically to send the young out into space, and they are ultimately tasked with hunting down xenomorphs. There's a huge story that actually explains everything that I'm not going to get into, but long story short, what happens is there is a predator who comes to Earth uh, and in a hunt for his, you know, his rite of passage and in the process is defeated and they actually get part of his technology. This is a problem because basically what happens is Wayland and Yutani, Wayland Yutani gets a hold of this and they reverse engineer a whole slew of technology from this. This is a very, you know, again, we you've probably heard me and Beard comment about, you know, Lost in Space, uh, Altered Carbon. There's a lot of sci-fi tropes that are based around the reverse engineering of alien technology to explain a sudden advancement of human tech. Wayland yutani basically does everything on, and they have an entire division that's called the Reverse Engineering Division, and, they, and this entire division of their corporation is focused on the study and implementation of recovered Yutcha technology. What that then leads into is the development of a bioweapons division, um, and what the bioweapons division is is they're tasked with basically hunting down the xenomorphs, and they're trying to figure out, you know, they're basically the entire. They're, they're, the reason they're a bad guy in the movie series is because the entire series is them trying to obtain a viable specimen of the the xenomorph species, whether that is a you know a face hugger or a chestburster or a queen. And ultimately, they're going for a queen, and that you know obviously is not the not the best idea uh, for any of you who know what that means. Uh, for those who don't know what that means, the queens are those the the giant. The giant, you know, the classic xenomorph with the the extended heads. Those are just pawns. The queen is like ten times that size, um, and that's and that's kind of where the the movies kind of present uh, the main character Ellen Ripley in the Alien series. She becomes basically the I, I, she, enemy, I guess, would be the best word for it. She becomes an enemy of the bioweapons division of Wayland Yutani because basically she gets caught in the middle between these two. And she keeps killing the xenomorphs. That's basically what happens. She keeps killing all the specimens that they try to kidnap. So that's that's Wayland Yutani in a like in a really really badly explained simplified nutshell. When you apply that to Clovis Bray, and you understand that Clovis Bray is sitting within the futurescape on top of a hive burial ground, you can already start seeing where the wheels start turning here. Clovis Bray is responsible for an immense amount of technological development. They're sitting on top of a, a alien race that has been around for millennia, if not eons, and has access to technology that even today in the Destiny universe we don't understand. They also have minds such as Willabray, who from the the data static structure of rocks was able to invent a fifth to fifth form of material or of matter. So, yeah, like you're, you're you're presenting these brilliant minds with this this ancient culture that is superiorly advanced, um, mm-hmm. and there's no surprise that you're going to also kind of see the the connection here that we're thinking that there's a lot of reverse engineering going on here. 
Then you also get the idea that, you know, you have characters such as um, Elsie, who is best friends with supposedly, I don't, and I don't remember if this is ever confirmed, but it kind of seems like they're best, she's best friends with Maya and Shioma. Um, at, at least at, Maya, it seems like. Yeah, Maya, was it Maya that, that yeah. Um, there's and there's she, no confirming, I think, who they're. They never name with. dropped. I, I don't think they that. ever name yeah. dropped it. Now that I'm thinking about it, but but anyway, she has a she has a strong connection with Ishtar, which is doing the yeah. exact same thing with the Vex, and that's where that's where Elsie starts getting really interesting because Elsie actually is able to take Vex technology and merge it with Hive technology. And this is where you kind of see the, um, in you know, purple, you're kind of mentioning the jealousy of Willa. There's, there's something going on with Willa and Elsie, and that's where you get, uh, what's the sword? The world. Oh, Worldline Zero. Zero. Yeah. That entire development of that sword is Elsie trying to keep it away from Willa. That's why she locks it away in the little, the little, uh, what's locker. a hoozy? The little locker that you have to unlock, uh, is it 35? fragments to get the sword and then 45 fragments for the sparrow um but that's that's why she locks away because it's not ready to take it off world which you know that there's a whole different tangent that we can go down on that one but basically what it all comes down to is clovis bray is actively reverse engineering reverse researching dead hive Knowing full well what they're dealing or knowing full well that they are they are playing with powers that are beyond human, you know, intelligence at this point, even with the golden age stuff. And then all of a sudden you start realizing, hey, these are these are alien species. Uh, Anyone who's seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of maybe imagining where this goes. You know, what happens when they start playing with dead Chitauri in the Marvel Universe? Well, people start getting sick. Because it's a xenovirus. These are viruses that we've never even imagined. Like they're not, they're potentially extra galaxy viruses. If you need other relation to it more in history, think about like Cortez going to the Aztecs and basically wiping out an entire civilization based on the fact that they had viruses that they were not familiar with or could counter. (laughs) There are basically two options when you encounter alien, um, like, bio um, microbes, which is, like, nothing because they can't interface with our bodies, or (laughs) Or... complete annihilation. (laughs) War of the worlds, people. War of the worlds. Everyone hated the ending, but it made perfect sense. It really did. If you ever get invaded by an alien species, make them drink the water. Um, But, and and so... Or birds. Oh, birds. God, the birds. Oh, the <laughs> birds. I forgot. I did forget about the birds. Um, oh, you're welcome. That's not that scary. No, it's not you're scary. Welcome. It was just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, really? Really? Um, I'm going to do this Like, now. isn't Jaws scary? Just stay out of the water. Like, that's not that scary. <laughs> like, oh, it's a horror movie about a killer train. Don't go on the tracks. <laughs> Um, so, but the, the, so this kind of leads into a culmination of where we see this message from Elsie to our guardian. So again, this is another, this is another big NPC directly messaging our guardian. We saw this with Saint 14. Now we're seeing it with Elsie or the stranger. Um, and, and basically she makes the comment, 
I would not be alive if it wasn't for Anna and the exoscience program. Well, hang on. What does that mean? And you also have to go back to Destiny 1 where you have the exo uh, ghost fragment where it's like, you know, maybe what someone was trying to do was live forever. We had always read that. We had always read that as this narcissistic drive for immortality. And this this is kind of where Beard and I were just, I think we were, you know, exhausted and which is not uncommon for us. We were kind of loopy when we were talking about it, but we kind of stumbled on this idea of like, well, wait, hang on. What if it's not necessarily narcissism? What if in researching these xeno, you know, biological forms in purple, this goes back to, well, there's only two options, right? It starts annihilating humanity. It starts annihilating the researchers and Elsie is researching the hive. So what if Elsie's one of the ones that gets sick? What if the entire Syphysif project or the entire exoscience project is actually geared around finding a way to allow these human scientists to survive? It's not a narcissistic, you know, evil concept. It's a, it's a desperate attempt to stave off the death of people who Clovis or whoever has actually brought into his family and brought into his fold. And that that presents this whole new like whole new di- dynamic to Clovis because up until now we you know everyone's always assumed Clovis is this bad guy Clovis wants to live forever Clovis is this megalomaniac well what if that's not the case what if Clovis is just trying to save his scientists isn't that always how it starts oh right no 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 I I am not I and that's that's where I kind of then kind of shift blame to Willa a little bit too because that's where kind of my opinion of Willa starts darkening because I think Willa that also could explain some of the jealousy that we've kind of been dancing around, you know, if they're willing to go the links to, I mean, and again, again, in case you didn't, in case you didn't catch this all supposition, but like, uh, sorry, chat's asking, uh, which Clovis Bray are we chatting about? I'm chatting about senior, um, not Clovis Bray two. But not, not Alton. Yeah, or Alton, according to Justin. Um <laughs> But I mean it, it just uh, it, 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 it basically was a conversation in which we kind of were presented with a a variable or a uh, variant option as to the cause of the exoscience program that wasn't a wasn't an evil <laughs> wasn't or a selfish one, you know. I I never believed it to be the I never believed the origins of it to be sinister or I guess sinister is a bit strong but like selfish yeah. like you know like it's like cuz mm-hmm. when you read the ghost fragment exo card or is it exo or exo 2 I, I whichever whichever ghost fragment the card is it basically is like talking about you know why why did someone create the exo you know it makes no sense yeah. blah, blah blah my only thought is someone wanted to live forever well it well, kind of is it's presented in a cynical you know, it's definitely presented well, in a cynical tone. I, I, I always perceived it to be selfish, but not selfish on a on a personal scale. Selfish on a humanitarian scale. Selfish for the human race, not necessarily selfish for one person. Right. Well, and I mean, again, that's kind of where Beard and I were coming from is like, you know, we've always read it as that. But what if it actually was a what what if it actually was a desperate attempt to save someone's life? Yeah. You know, someone the, dear to him. Yeah. 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 
which would also kind of tie into like the Sisyphus project, you know, which is why he was so adamant about it, you know, um, which I think actually now that I'm thinking about that off the top of my head, Sisyphus project was more about the land shoe machine, right? If mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. Which I mean, again, kind of ties into Elsie, to be honest. Like, yeah, we have well, Elsie talking about, about the Clovis, bridge. Like just, just like everything else that we kind of talk about with Clovis, everything sort of ties back on itself too. That's pretty typical. So even though they're researching one thing for one reason, they turn around and research another thing for another reason, and it it all kind of falls into place and falls in the line, especially with the, the new info we have here, especially if we want to take some of this more as like, a, even if it is supposition, as a, a little bit more towards fact. Um, it, it, just with the amount of evidence that is sitting in, in line with us that we're able to find. So let me just ask the two of you a question. Mm-hmm. Who is the super user? In in what this exactly are you referring to the I'm, I'm looking uh, at World Line Zero. The World Line Zero bit. It's gotta be Elsie, right? Because it says well the user in the in the query is El Bray. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I I no, always... no, the super user is someone else who's redacting the Message has been removed. Directory changed to root. Sudo rm rs backslash. Um, Sudo enter password for super user. So someone's hijacked this. No, I think I think that's Elsie. Elsie's wiping the terminal. Elsie's wiping the terminal. So she she opened up the terminal. So like if you break it down, or sorry, beard. If you break it down, she opens. She logs in. She opens her mailbox. She has one message from Willa. And that's the creepy little, let's have a chat, and blah, blah, blah. And then she deletes all the messages. And then she goes to the CD. She goes to the root menu. <laughs> she then goes to the pseudo thing and wipes the entire freaking file. And and then and then she deletes how many, what, 1,452,831 files? <laughs> and then log out. Oh, no, there's no shell. You can't log out because there's nothing to log. I mean, she basically drag drops her c drive into the delete folder yeah yeah basically i was just uh i was looking at did, have y'all ever gone into what exactly what exactly a world line is i don't think we've uh gone fully into yeah, it no. No, i know some have explored it but yeah it's an actual it's, it's an actual scientific phenomenon it's it's right. basically like an orbit or a trajectory but taking into account space time so it's it's uh it's adding the time dimension to the spatial relations. Isn't that, so. isn't that like the concept of, uh, was it, um, was it Einstein with the piece of paper that he like yeah, shows it, like it curves or something? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, the typical folding the piece of paper, you know, the black hole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, it, I thought it was kind of, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that that it's called World Line Zero. Um, well, to suggest that ours is the uh, or the the line that I guess Elsie does travel is the original uh, or supposed original, or is the one that uh, she has found that actually works and makes it out in the end. Uh, 
there's a lot of possibilities that exist with why that is actually called the the zero but it would be the one that in the end is uh is in some way related towards her existence and like her right to be or like where she comes from and so on yeah could it be um, something to do with multiverse well, that's that was the other thing I was going to mention. Is it also kind of falls back on like a Planet of the Apes sort of idea, right? Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Either Sorry, with, that's uh, where I was going. Time travel, or like how that would kind of fall in, and so on. Or uh, was it Heinlein, Methuselah's children? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's another uh, good one. Each point actually in a world line is is an event that can be labeled within time and space. Yes. So. Gosh, I just got like flashes of Doctor Who. Uh-huh. <laughs> so World Line Zero. Tiny Wimey indeed. Yeah. World Line Zero presumably is uh the genesis of that of that timeline or what you know the Well, it's like what Future War Cult deals with all the time too, when you start talking like multiple timeline theories and so on. Whether they're visiting them or seeing them, that's the the overall question to kind of analyze and so on. Um, I feel like we kind of got off topic from like where we were with the uh, well the, uh, the, the the hive theory, but I know it still kind of falls back on like how uh, the hive and vex tech were kind of like uh, crossing together, like commingling and so on. Basically, Elsie like, figured out how to cross problem. the streams. Yeah, basically, without which, blowing uh, everything up. Which, as a side note, is is kind of the big thing to point out here. Like, Ishtar and Clovis, we say that they work together, but they actually had a, a thing where they didn't want to work together. Oh, yeah. Uh, they actually had it to the point with uh, the... Um, they actually had it to the point where they had to fall back and say, well, we don't want to have our technology bridge or or meet with their technology because it seems like what what would happen if two xeno technologies would would link up and it makes a lot of sense when you start to again think about it from that perspective that you would not want to have a like two pairs of unknowns uh linked together that's just a a big variable of uh, what what is what's going to blow up first, waiting to happen. Uh, <laughs> the protonic the, reversal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but those are those are pieces that I at least have always found kind of interesting, especially with the the recent advent of the information that we have on on LCN and so on, uh, and like where they they actually hook up and meet when all is said and done within their, their paths and lines, uh, one, one seemed to focus a little bit heavier on the, uh, on the hive technology where, you know, Elsie seemed to eventually start to focus on the, um, the, yeah, on the, on the Vex technology. Um, but when you combined the two and you started to see this with, with world line zero and, uh, with some of the additional technology that's used with like the with Eon Trespass, later known as Shadow Trespass, uh, when you also start to look at it from like what Willa did with the Engram, uh, we start to think back on uh, what had actually happened, or or what we know of the uh, 
technology that the hive utilized or could utilize uh what were they able to um what were they able to do uh they were they were able to break the um the beckenstein limit right mm-hmm. that was that was something the hive was capable of and meanwhile we see the engram and that is another thing that is maybe not able to break the beckenstein limit but it's pretty close it's able to hold a whole crap ton of information yeah. So even if we are not able to mimic exactly like what is going on, if that if the engram does happen to be linked with hive technology in some way, shape, or form, oh god, uh, we actually had it where yeah, I know. Uh, y- you already see where I'm going with yeah. that. Yeah. The uh, it it just oh, starts no. to open oh. up this. What's that? I just no. Sorry. Keep. I just had a brain flash of like data being stored in ascendant realm of data mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because um, it's basically space folding on itself and yeah okay uh, it's the <laughs> it's the ultimate cloud it is it's the old yeah, yeah no exactly much. it's the ultimate uh, cloud no. uh, well and another another slight link up uh to to fall back on the uh the wayland yutani uh connection as well i know we're we're kind of past that but uh, I had thought about it afterward, thinking about like how, uh, like the the mainstays of the name for the xenomorph exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, xenomorph, and meanwhile the hives take morphs <laughs> in order to <laughs> transform. So <laughs> all I can think if, of now is the ghost fragment, uh, uh, the ghost fragment oceans card yep. which i yep. i fondly refer to and i still will always refer to as the face hugger card because right. because he dies in the egg room where things are about right. to hatch and all i can see even today is the giant birthing chamber of the aliens oh, with I it know. like with the, right but i mean think about it that's exactly what it the little eggs like boop, 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 and it's like nope yeah you you just want to die now like don't don't stay well, around for this this is not going to end well I have I have always gotten this vibe of uh you know they feel like aliens uh in in how Bungie seems to have like built them and changed mm-hmm. them and so on but the fact that the uh like all of these possibilities are just kind of falling into place uh and all of the points and facts and little name drops and so on are just pointing back to it again it's like it's really hard for me to see these as anything but uh compatible technologies to our own uh but just like crossed or back engineered in terms of like how they're they're all put together um it's well it's and, really really difficult for me to see it and to kind of to kind of you know drive another nail into that particular situation too is the xenomorphs were known for biological self-replicating weapons Exactly. Which the Hive are known for their weapons that make no sense and are all, you know, organic in design. Right. Um, and then also with Wayland, I, I mean, I know we're kind of beating the dead horse here, but with Wayland, you know, going back to the reverse engineering division, so kind of connecting mm-hmm. Clovis Bray here, uh, one of the biggest problems with Wayland was they just had absolutely zero regards for morality. Like oh, yeah. they would, and that, I mean, that's where, that's where they kind of became the, you know, it's very classic, big, bad corporation in, in science fiction, 
But like Utani was like just I mean they had zero respect for human rights. Um and that was where you get like the the entire situation with the first alien movie where they kind of sent they basically dangled a human crew out for bait. With yep. no and they, they knew that there was no and that's why uh uh Ripley pisses them off is because Ripley yep. Ripley survives. She's not supposed to survive. Doesn't the cat survive yep. too? Now that I'm thinking about it. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. That was the that was the most important character in that entire movie, hands down. Uh, but like she she survives. She not only does she survive, she kills the the specimen that's there and and this keeps happening, you know, throughout the series. Um so it's, that's where that's where the animosity between Wayland and Ripley kind of come in. Even I think Ripley's clones <laughs> actually yeah. have a have a carry down effect of of not liking Wayland, but like yep. their reverse engineering division, you know, with the predator technology, they would, they would actively, you know, you see this in, and it was a terrible adaptation, but the AVP movie where it's in Antarctica, um, the, the Wayland representative is, is there expressly to steal the tech. Like they don't care if anyone survives. They only care about getting that tech out of the, out of the whatever it was like the pyramid or whatever and yeah i'm gonna say out of the pyramid that uh that the the yacha are are like inhabiting or or visit now and again yeah it 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 honestly just uh, i know you say it as uh beating a dead horse i say it is just proving the point right right yeah why friggin not uh they're if it is nothing else that is inspirational i think towards like what Bungie is looking at from a story standpoint. Uh, they've gone on record to state that they've wanted to quote these kind of movies for a little while as it is. Uh, and just the fact that it all is just lining up seemingly perfectly. Uh, again, it's so hard for me to look at this stuff in any other way now. Uh, I saw them as like these these magic beings before, and realistically if all of their technology can be uh, taken and changed and so on to like fit our whim and even coalesce it with uh, the studies of the light and the slippery irrealities thereof. Uh, all of it just fits this uh, this different perspective now. All of a sudden, the way that the hive can be viewed. Yeah, and I just posted this over in chat too. Another connection that I just realized too is between the Yatcha and the Hive. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, don't defend them. Don't defend them. You just it's... had Damo on last week. So so the funny thing with the Predator now. with Predators is one of the big things and again, another really common trope in science fiction is when we steal alien technology, well, it happens to be from an alien culture that like it considers that the most like grievous crime it's an act of war and it calls for the genocide of the species who stole it um yep. well it would it would i it would be interesting if that actually is the cause of the hive being pissed at humanity is it's just we, like, we uh, disturbed a sacred burial ground of theirs yeah. and not only that we kind of cut up things and took their technology i wouldn't right. be surprised to find out that it's as simple as the movie home we stole, <laughs> we stole the shusher from the gorge, and, and they want it back. But we don't even understand why they want it back until the, it's, it's just like a a little mobile sperm bank. Oh, Pretty much. If you haven't seen the movie Home, that's 
That's, that's the that's Jim the Parsons. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a terrible TV show, but yeah. Oh no, the TV show is legendary. No, the TV show is terrible. Like Dang! <laughs> terrible. Legendarily bad. It's oh my gosh. I yeah. It's just nonsense for nonsense's sake. So we could see why Blue you could see why Blue would not like it. Just a just a couple things otherwise to kind of tie it back to if you guys want to continue this theory and look into it on your own. Uh, there are additional pieces, uh, one of which would end up being Nocris, uh, that really backs up a lot of what we're talking about as well. Uh, the brood that is otherwise on uh, Mars, and in addition, we just got some new information, of course, with Zol uh, and and whatnot, with the uh, Whisper of the Worm uh, mm-hmm. black spindle-ish gun that just came out here. Uh, at least as far as we know today, or has been hanging around for a little while, and we just never realized it. Uh, but that being said, there are many of other threads that you can kind of look into and build off of. Uh, I know at one point or another, I will be delving into all of those threads, uh, and I desperately have wanted to talk about that for a long time now. Uh, but every time I think that there's like a, 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 a pretty little spot that I can leave the theory, Bungie just comes out with something new, and it's like, well, don't you want to add this in there? Like, you sure about that? Like, you sure you're done? But anyway, yes. Uh, it never ends. Anyway, that is uh, that is all for me. I just wanted to to make sure we rounded that out properly. Uh, there's there's a lot more than uh, as they say on Transformers. There's more than meets the eye. <laughs> oh. Autobots roll out. Except for you, Optimus, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> too soon always too soon also only in jj abrams world <laughs> and and the original cartoon oh, all right man. you look we, we don't have to <laughs> before talk about before this, a okay? fight starts let's do shout outs i don't know where the fight's coming from these are facts. <laughs> oh man all right all right you i'd like to go to bed soon let's do Let's do the shout-outs. Do we have Purple still with us? Yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> do you want to have any shout-outs? Um, yeah, I will give a shout-out to all of the wonderful people that I met at Guardian Con. And to all of you guys who I got to hug in person for the first time in a year, which was mm-hmm. awesome. And Justin for the first time ever. Yay! Um... I love you guys all, and you're amazing. Oh, I love you too. Love you too, dear. Mm-hmm. By the way, Purple gives the best hugs. Mm-hmm. You said Thank I you. gave the best hugs. You give the best boy hugs. She gives oh, the best okay. girl hugs. Okay. I, I did. I love, how quick, <laughs> I love how quick she is to be like, no, no, no. I do. Oh, I have siblings. I know how to be quick on my feet with that kind of in health class about us being different. So I understand now. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I don't know. That being said, <laughs> Green, what shout outs do you have? Um, Shout out to health class 101. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how to keep it going after that. Um, this went in a direction I did not expect. <laughs> right. Me too. Xenomorphs. I would say my shout out is actually to the Trevor Project charity stream that's happening tomorrow that I actually won't be able to be a part of because my grandpa's 70th birthday is tomorrow. 
what, he what? also shares a birthday with you guys, which is kind of amazing. Happy birthday. What is going on? I don't know. It's been it's, a week of birthdays, guys. It's like the most like important people. Oh my god, the portal's birthday. open. Sorry. <laughs> I see the portal. I've been running this stupid IO mission over and over. I'm totally going for it. Anyway, uh, my shout out is to the important men in my life, including my grandpa and pens and beard. And I'm going to go run this tiny timed adventure that I'm not going to survive. Enjoy. <laughs> beard, what about you? Uh, I don't really. You know what? My shout outs go to migraines because they suck. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, it's really hard to to follow it up with anything but like uh you know Guardian Con was a, a really good experience again this year uh for one reason or another uh regardless of what needs to be improved but you know what when all is said and done we're all just there just to to link up with each other say hi uh and culminate to the fact that hey we've got a common interest and that common interest ended up raising over 2.7 million dollars for mm-hmm. yeah so I, if if that's what it takes, then so be it. Um, but such such a good event, uh, awesome just to see, like I said, everybody there. Uh, just awesome to to link up with each other again to share minds, interests, and so on. Uh, it is, it, it's very hard to not make that the focal point about what last week was, uh, aside from it being for the kids. So. Yeah, and I'm actually going to kind of echo that because that's really honestly the biggest thing for me right now is that that and just like I like I had said earlier, the whole community for Focus Fire and, you know, and Beard's community and just the lore community in general, um, you know, it's been really cool seeing all the uh, the stuff that you guys have have done and how welcoming and just kind you all have been. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much my shout out. So we'll run through an outro real quick. And for those who are curious, I believe we are going to be regaled. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't get shout outs. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, I was going to let you do the whole, oh no. Okay. Yep. Go for it. Yeah. No, no, no. Come along (laughs) after thought. Um, now he's now he's indeed. gonna be all offended. Wow, that was that's a new low. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, we have a new intro for Justin. Yeah, and the well, afterthought of the show. And the afterthought with Justin. Um, no, no. To echo what Blue said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Make it a big deal. Gonna say the same thing. No, all right. No. Uh, honestly, I'd, I'd like to give actually a couple specific shout outs. I mean, all the, all the broad that, that everyone else said, I echo them completely. Uh, specific shout outs. I'd like to shout out, um, pins and green for making sure I got back to Texas. Um, and I, I would also like to shout out. It's, it's kind of crazy because, uh, I didn't go last year. So I didn't get the organic growth from our first year Guardian Con to our second to our third. So I got the first one. And then um, 
I missed last year, and then got this one. And I think our first one, I signed two autographs, and then this one, it was like, it in like thirty, thirty-five, you know, somewhere in there. So it was like crazy to me. the The support for the show has grown like crazy, and I can't remember everybody's name, but um, there's a bunch of them. Doom for Zombies, Matt Grundy, um, and Shay. Yeah, Shay. Um, I think there was a fellow named Noah. There, there was a bunch. It was, it was really cool. And next year, I'm actually going to bring my own book. And when you ask me for my autograph, I'm gonna make you sign mine with all your names on it, so I can shout you out. So, uh, yeah, no. If you think hot dogs are not sandwiches, you get no shout outs. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, no. Just everyone, everyone who who I spoke with, who was you know passionate about the show that's freaking awesome and then just a quick shout out for a friend of the show uh jake myler Mm -hmm. um because he made he made me the hero around my house because uh my son is a is a giant fan of his and uh he's been running around all week long showing everybody his signed um copy of watermelon exo with his name signed and and Jake drew a little watermelon face um so uh he's 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 super he's super psyched for that and he's uh super proud his dad knows watermelon exo so um yeah check him out by the way if you don't know about watermelon check it out it's pretty awesome he's good people all right so man. now we're going to run through an outro and then we will Allow Justin to regale live chat with the story of how he lied, how he lied to a waitress. It's got intrigue. It's got lies. It's got food. It's got all. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Purple, for joining in on the conversation. I'll be sure to get your contact information up in our show notes for anyone who wants to continue chatting with you. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. Just cut me off.